Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Derek Overstreet. If you're a fan of the Kelly Patrick Show, I ask that you please send some referrals the way of my sponsors. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. We're now going to head to the Louisville Combat Academy Roadcaster line, where I am joined by returning guest. We have Derek Overstreet. Derek, how are you today? Doing pretty well. You doing all right? I'm doing very well, Derek. Your MMA career ever since the beginning has been very intriguing to me, and I've uh, really enjoyed the process if it's all right um could you give our listeners a little bit of an update what are you up to these days i know you always kind of bounce between nashville and bowling green for training is that accurate or have you committed entirely to nashville um i'm in bowling green right now yeah but i'm about to move down to nashville pretty soon so excited about that it'll be a good transition okay and you have been training out of Nashville MMA for quite some time, I believe now. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's about a year, year and a half now, which is weird to even say. Doesn't feel like that long ago. Some time now. Okay. And I'd imagine Nashville MMA has plenty of good training partners for you. Is there many guys there that are about the same size as you that you're able to get some good rounds in with? Oh, yeah. When when Prince is always back and forth between, he splits He's a dual system between here and Finland. So whenever uh, Prince or Queen, he's a heavyweight, is here, it's always good work. We got Finn Martin, who's active duty Army Ranger. Uh, I think he's going to be a 205, but he pro- he's probably walking around like 230 or something all the time. So, yeah, there's a few good-sized people, a lot of good people on the jiu-jitsu side and wrestling side, too. So, yeah, it's a um, really good gym to be at. A lot of variety and a lot of people that are versed in different things. 
Great. I love to hear that. I know for someone who is, you know, you're a big guy, you're six foot three, but you have, you fought in MMA as low as 185 and you fought as high as, what is it? I guess just between 185 and 205. Is that right? You never fought at heavyweight, did you? I mean, the, um, one of the kickboxing fights I did for the Warrior title was at 215. That's because we just both didn't want to cut weight. But yeah, 205 and uh, 185 for the most part. Okay. But during your football career, your weight was pretty high. What, what was the highest your weight got up to while you were playing football for Western Kentucky? Highest was 275. Let's say on average I was 255, 250 or so. Wow. Okay. Um, so... Uh, most recently, you fought for the B2 Fighting Series. You're, you fought uh, Peter New. That was at 205. What do you think your your long-term weight class is? 185. Hell, we just took that one to take it, really. Uh, it's been difficult to stay active. A lot of, I've had a lot of stuff fall through, be it because of COVID or injuries or anything else. But, yeah, we were just taking that fight. But 185, we're going to stay pretty consistently at 185 from now on. Okay. That could be... There'd have to be like a very specific situation for like a lot of money to really go to 205 because people are cutting from 240 or so to go to 205 and I'm walking around at 210. Walking around at 210. Okay. So it wouldn't make much sense for you to fight at 205 if you're walking around at 210, right? Nah, I'd be kind of dumb. Okay. Um, on Tapology, I don't think it, it says actually. Oh, is this accurate? It does say you have a 79.1 inch reach is that accurate i think so but i actually it went from six foot two to six three because i grew an inch after uh college oh. i think i'm finally i think i'm actually done growing now but yeah there was some point between 23 and 25 where i grew an inch so probably 79 80 or so okay somewhere in that little area. okay um all right and you have been staying very busy not with just training for your professional mma career but also you've been writing, I believe. You're planning on doing some writing, and also you have a musical career. Could you let the Kelly Patrick Show listeners know what else have you been up to other than the world of MMA? Uh, I have a hardcore punk, I guess. I mean, D-beat hardcore punk band called Rat Piss. We had a show up here um, in Bowling Green that was as successful as anybody could really ever ask for for a first show. Real wild environment. It's been a fun thing to um, get in there and make music. Stuff that I've been wanting to do for ever now, and to actually have the space and mental capacity and brain to go out there and put on shows and stuff has been fun. That and I'm doing a um, about to put out a blog, about to put a website out on WordPress, the black and red, just talking about everything from just MMA, normal life, philosophy, uh, just whatever pops into my mind that day that I actually want to write about. It's gonna be a cool little thing. I think I got some different perspectives I just wanted to put out there. I love it. Okay. Very cool. Um, what what else have you been up to? I know um, you, of course, have transitioned from, or you're in the process of transitioning from Bowling Green to Nashville at some point full time. MMA is still your long-term um, kind of destination career, at least for now, I'm sure. I'm sure there will be different different chapters to your book later on. But you, other than fighting in MMA, because your amateur career, you went six and one, and you're now one and one as a pro. You mentioned earlier kickboxing. I, I know you've also spent some time at a, a, a traditional Western style boxing gym. What other 
combat sports competitions have you done outside of MMA? I mean, try to stay decently active in terms of boxing sparring just because it's, um, I feel like it bounces you out and it doesn't get you over relying on kicks or anything or clinching, which I've had that, I've had that issue in the past where you get so used to having all this stuff that when one gets taken away, you can't, you don't feel functional, but there's an issue in that. Cause like, what if you break your hand in the fight? What if you hurt your shin? You can't throw as many kicks and so on and so forth. You gotta be able to function in every place. I've been doing a lot of grappling, um, a lot of gi and no gi jujitsu and a lot of wrestling, a whole lot of wrestling, a whole lot of wrestling. I feel like that's going to actually come out finally. I think that's been a major thing that I just, that needs to happen for me. That, um, <clears throat> being a threat everywhere is really important and you can strike all you want, but if somebody doesn't feel like you're going to do anything to them on the ground, they can just keep shooting on you freely. And that's been an issue in the past for me. It gets to the point where it doesn't really matter what kind of strikes you're doing. It doesn't matter the kicks and the clinch and everything. If somebody feels comfortable enough to just go change levels on you over and over again and try to grab your legs and stuff, it can kind of neutralize all the stuff you're doing. So we need to start choking people and kneeing people in the face, and I think that'll be a good transition. Some of your fights I have seen you have utilized what appears to be a really good clinch game and some knees, and, and I, I don't know if you want to call it maybe dirty boxing or whatever term you want to use, but are you saying that you're tr- – trying to get away from that type of style or just that you want to be a, 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 a very well-rounded fighter? I want to be more well-rounded. I mean, no, I'm not going to get away from it. That's the best thing I do. That's the best thing I do. I recognize I'm a clinch and knee fighter for the most part. A lot of elbows recently, which is just, I don't know. I, I, I like throwing elbows, period, but it's been a game plan thing for the past, since my, I went pro. I just want to be more well-rounded on that stuff. I have jujitsu. I have wrestling. I just don't fucking use it for whatever reason in fights, and that's frustrating for me to even look back and see every time I'm looking at stuff. I'm like, oh, I could have grabbed his neck up right there. I could have took his back, and I just don't do it because I want to hit people. So um, as I've gotten older and got more experience both on the mats and in fighting, and you just get more comfortable doing more stuff, I feel like you have to have that ring time and everything else and just that full-on just confidence in your own stuff. And again, that comes with repetition. Uh, me grappling so much now, and going through all those reps over and over again, there's stuff that I'm remem- literally remembering all the way back from sophomore year of high school in wrestling that I'd straight up forgotten. Just I wasn't putting in those rounds and everything on the, in terms of grappling. It was everything is all well and good. Like I, I know I can be a good defensive wrestler, but you got to be able to actually threaten that stuff and take other people down too. What if you get hurt and you need to grab somebody? What if you, what, what if that person just beat the shell? You need to be able to actually get it on the ground so you don't die out there. And, um, yeah, it's just just trying to get smarter and uh, more well-rounded. I find my base is still going to be at my root, even personality-wise. I just want to walk forward and elbow you to death. Like, if I like, hit you with all the hard parts, break your fucking face. But, like, yeah, there, you can't do that to everybody. So everybody knows that's what I want to do at this point. So you got to be able to do other stuff. Your base is your base, but you need to have, build other stuff around it. Play to your strengths, but don't let your weaknesses drag you down. And that's where we're at right now. That makes sense. Um, how did you determine that was going to be your identity as an MMA fighter? I know you're a former Division One college football player. You had success with, you know, arguably as physical of a as a sport, you know, as there is in, in Division One college football. Did, was that just kind of a natural uh, transition from football to a? just a, a clinch, make it ugly, and just fuck people up type style inside the cage? Or did you? Did someone maybe plant the seed for you to do that? How did that come about? 
So when I'm when I wrestled in high school, I never really shot real because I was taller than everybody else. I was significantly taller than everybody else wrestling at one eighty two, one ninety five for the most part. So um what happened in wrestling is a lot of my stuff became defensive and throws and trips and everything else. So you go from football to that and football makes you just stronger than the majority of people in the world just off that training every day. And then you get into the MMA ring and what I noticed, it wasn't an intentional thing. If you remember all the way back when I very first started as an amateur, I was out there more, I wanted to be at range the whole time. Like I was trying to throw jabs and leg kicks and that was it. Just to keep, just keep you at range until I actually wanted to throw that uh, right hand and get you out. But what actually happened was the COVID lockdown. Like everything shut down back in 2020 because of COVID. And I got really, I'd already been a big, I'd been majorly into Muay Thai for, since I started. Like I was in a straight up Muay Thai stand for a lot of my amateur career. But what happened, I started watching stuff and researching and everything else. And I noticed that the majority of the time, like a bulk of the time when fighters were tall, had my build, were like just naturally tall and had longer limbs and shorter torsos and everything in Thailand, they'd be clinch fighters. They're going to walk forward and grab you. And it's, it's, it goes the opposite of uh, Western logic in terms of combat sports for the most part. Because you see people built like that in boxing or anything. It's like Muhammad Ali or Larry Holmes or George Foreman. Somebody wants to keep you at their range and keep you away. And I, I'm researching more. I'm like, why are these tall, lanky people just grabbing the hell out of people? And it makes sense because you basically smother people. You get in that close and you are that tall and have all that range on you. You can see the shots coming from different. You know something's going to come from the outside if you have good technique and control. And you're inside them, and they're having to reach up towards you, so it's actually stretching their stretching their ribs out, and they're extending their spine to try to grab you. And um, so, yeah, I, I really, really dove into that Muay Cal, like clinch fighter style, Muay Cal, Muay Sok, uh clinch fighter type of, of style, that close range but physically imposing style, um, and progressively embraced it. Uh, all I could really do was cardio and, and when you look up anything about a boy cow fighter like Gizanoi or Pitsbunchu or anybody else, they're always the most physically imposing, well-conditioned, strongest people in the room at their gym. It's a thing of I'm going to walk forward and grab you and just, and that's it. Like I'm going, I, it's not, it might not be the first round, it might not be the second round, but you're going to give up basically. It's not even going for knockouts really. It's going to, it's about breaking people. And I love that shit. I feel like that is, um, that persistent grinding forward, forward, forward is a, bit, a big thing in my life life not even just in fighting it's been a thing of like oh you get you got fucked up now get up and go again and not even a way i'm like i'm trying to walk through damage especially not anymore i'm tired of that shit like uh, you can be smarter about everything and i'm as like me a daughter i'm getting wiser with all this stuff but i feel like an intrinsic part of my personality and fighting style and how i'm built physically and everything else is to grind on people just like wear people down have be the bull instead of that door type thing and that forward, forward, I'm going to walk through you and break you type of stuff. I love that type of shit personally and philosophically. So I just, um, everything matched for it, basically. All that to say, everything just kind of fell in the slot. Even in football, I was a, a damn near an enforcer, just a, a violent dude on the field. The enforcer, I was undersized to be a D-line, but I was 250, and people I'm going against are all 300-plus for the most part. But so yeah, that type of just constant physicality forward, I'm gonna break your shit is everything I'm about. Derek, I, I think I've asked you this before, but I'll ask it again again. When it comes to specifically MMA fighters, is there any <clears throat> is there anyone that you I don't know about modeling your game after, but is there anyone in particular 
that you, um, you know, you take at least some inspiration Man. from their style. Matt Brown, Matt Brown, Dorian, uh, my coach down in Nashville, Dorian Price, dude, he's got all the damn ties in the world. He's li- he lived in Thailand and Holland and Spain, everywhere else for the majority of his adult life now. So it's been crazy for him to come. It's just like the perfect coach and just a <laughs> role model to come in to Nashville and uh, take over my stuff in that way. He, so Dorian has been Matt Brown's coach for the majority of his UFC career. Um, and Matt Brown is tied for second in KOs in the UFC. He's a clinch fighter. People don't like you think about Matt Brown. I don't think people are really understand. He's clinching people up and doing straight up actual tie flip sweeps and just he's doing what I want to do. I would hope to be the the second just Matt Brown 2.0 cleaner. But yeah, yeah, Matt Brown 2.0. That type of violence and just forward forward. I'm gonna grab you and beat the hell out of you. Every time you hear about somebody fighting Matt Brown, they're like, oh, I know I was gonna get hurt. That dude's strong as hell. I know. Like I, I thought I was got to kill him to get him out of there. That type of um, physicality, yeah, everything about that shit. Uh, he and he brought that down to Nashville. And I love it. Yeah, Matt Brown's been a big influence, especially over the last year and a half or so since I've known Dorian. Matt Brown, uh, Overeem. Actually, my favorite fighters for real are in Muay Thai boxing for the most part. Um, but yeah, Matt MMA wise, Matt Brown, Alistair Overeem. He was a knee fighter too. Have you been able to meet Matt Brown or train with him? No, I actually haven't. He's come to he's come down to Nashville a few times. I just either had work or something was going on, so I couldn't make it down that day. So, but yeah, he's been down there. It's a it's a straight up like one person connection. It's, it's wild. I've met a few of his fighters. I've come across him at a B two events, but like never actually got, got to talk to him or train or train or anything. He is in some ways kind of presents himself as like he would be maybe intimidating. Like I'd be nervous if I talked to him that I'd say something stupid or, or something like that. But I did meet him at one B2 fighting series event. And just like any old douchebag, I asked to take a picture with him. I got a picture with him and he was actually really nice. So he's not quite as intense and crazy as he comes across in person, at least not in my experience. He was very nice. No, I think that group is, direct and real about everything that they're saying so like it, it's not normal to come across people like that that's how dorian is too you come across him and meet him and he just real short with his words doesn't speak very much is very blunt about everything but it's nice student world nice student world looks out for his people as best anybody could so yeah i think that's just their general person they just don't fuck around Derek, do you have any potential fights on the horizon we're trying to get some stuff lined up with uh, CFFC soon. So hopefully that comes through. Yeah, so I have one, I think it was hell a week ago. It was supposed to happen on May 21st. He broke the crib. Um, so, yeah, we've been looking. <laughs> we, we've been looking. Hopefully that comes through. But, yeah, right now we're lining up uh, trying to do something with that, get a Muay Thai fight at some point. Yeah, we, we I try to stay as active as I can. So it's been frustrating sitting down for a bit, but it'll all come through. It gave me time to actually work on this stuff. Did you say CFSC? Is that what you said? CFFC, yep. Cage Fury Fighting Championship. Hopefully that actually rolls through. Be a cool um, be a cool venue to fight for. They send a lot of people to major organizations. Now, do you have anyone in particular you're looking at possibly fighting, or is it just you, you're, you're looking to, to get the best opportunity with the best promotion? That's more of what you're looking for. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's just finding the right fights. 
Uh, I don't think it's uh, regionally. Uh, it doesn't really seem like it matters much um, where you're fighting as long as it's the right fight and that you're progressively going up the ladder with that stuff. Um, I don't. Yeah, there's nobody in particular, really. I don't foresee myself really getting any easy fights at any point. Like, uh, yeah, the last two opponents have been black belts and fucking just heavily experienced. I don't really, you can't really go down from there, you know? So, yeah, it doesn't really matter who is just doing that shit at this point. Now, when you fight amateur, of course, you get to get in there a few times with um, some people who maybe, or for you really, it was maybe one. To be honest, I'm looking back and you've had, I guess maybe your very first fight, that guy was arguably not quite ready to get in there with you. But other than that, you haven't really had any cupcake fights. I don't, I'm looking over your resume. I don't see any really. No, no, I bet. Especially the, I guess there's a shock factor or something. They're like, oh, he's a football player. He's big. Oh my God, he's big. And, and then it just, they're, yeah, there's not going to be a point where I can just take some bullshit. Like, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't really. That's a waste of time for real to go through that full camp and you know, go out there and kill somebody. How many? So, ta- yeah, I'm, no, no cupcakes from you, not from the beginning, and of course, not any cupcakes from this point forward either, right? Derek, do you? Uh, uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, do you? Well, actually, how many times have you competed in kickboxing? Just two, I think. I only had two amateur kickboxing fights, but hell, the stuff that we do, like our gym, it's, t- it's taking a transition. So uh, we haven't had any like smokers or anything, but there's some just high level people there. So you get some some very competitive sparring rounds in whenever you want them. Yeah, I mean, hell, he, Prince has won um, has won championships internationally in kickboxing and everything. Else, so it's just. And I mean, Tony is a <laughs> like Tony Johnson's a damn bare knuckle champion and a boxing champion and MMA champion. So it's just yeah, there's no lack of good rounds. But in terms of on paper competition, that was just yeah, just two two fights as amateur. What about boxing? Have you considered doing any boxing? I did one uh, one fight USA boxing. I went pro right after. Uh, I did it in May, like at, right at the end of May, and then I had that. My first pro fight in August. How did that, your only amateur boxing matchup, how did that go? Uh, one by decision. Was it? Yeah, one by decision, that one. Three, maybe two-minute rounds, something like that? I think it was three by, yeah, it was uh, three by three. three. It was, yeah, it was three by three. Yeah, it was a, I fought that one a heavyweight. I think I met him at like 218 or something. It was some, some weird number like that, some weird boxing number. Okay. Was was that beneficial for you to get in there and do a boxing match? Did you get much from that? Yeah, I mean, again, anytime you limit your weapons like that, I feel like it gives you good experience just because you know you're not going to die if you, like, hurt your shin or something. You can't throw kicks. Um, it was frustrating with boxing. Like, the stuff in boxing is frustrating because every time I got close to him and was going to open up, he just grabbed me. And I can't throw him on the ground or anything, so it's just – it's. I know I don't believe I don't believe most people fight like that, but it was a frustrating thing where every time I would actually start opening up, he would just grab, and the ref wouldn't really do much to break it up, and he would just stall five seconds or anything. I, so I wanted to even with it being amateur boxing, I wanted to get him out of there, but that was a frustrating thing. Uh, I would still do a pro boxing fight, but <clears throat> that would just be something to work on, just avoiding the clinch like the the boxing clinch. I've heard of some MMA fighters who who then take pro boxing matchups, even if it's not one of these celebrity 
fights, which obviously those pay very well. You know, Frank Mir got in there with Steve Cunningham, that type of thing. Um, but even on the lower level of professional boxing, a lot of times you can get paid relatively pretty well compared to MMA. So you would be open to that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Especially if it was a decently even matchup. Yeah, I'm, I'm up for whatever. I still want to be as active as possible in any strike, especially a striking sport. Uh, I would, unless it was like bare knuckle or something else like that. Yeah, that's like cross lining for me. But from boxing, um, I, I want to do a Muay Thai fight, obviously. Muay Thai, K1, boxing, I do left way. Um, whatever I can do in, the, in that realm, I would do. You said you would not do bare knuckle. Is that something maybe you would do at the end of your career? Or no, man, never, ain't work. Never, never. At the end, of, at the end of my career, I hopefully have enough money to where I ain't got to do shit like that anymore. You, you, it's a you. You're guaranteed to get cut in a bare knuckle fight. You're damn near guaranteed to get cut. You're gonna get. You're probably gonna break your hand at some point. Not, not even probably. Like you're gonna break your hand. Um, yeah, I'm good on that. At least in left way, I can clinch you and I can headbutt you to where it, it neutralizes. It's left way operates a lot like Muay Thai. I can just headbutt you and uh, there's no big gloves. Um. And I'm okay with that because I, I don't have to go in there to throw my hands. But bare knuckle, you're like, like you're asking for multiple injuries in multiple places. Uh, I just don't. Um, yeah, I'm good on that one. I assume you're a fan of MMA, like you watch a lot of the the UFC cards. Is that right? I try to stay. Um, I try to stay in tune with fighters that I uh, like to study and everything. Okay. Uh, what about like? Do you have any boxers that you follow? Do you, are you a fan of r- regular boxing? In terms of modern fighters, no, nah, not really. I watch. Um, I've been watching a lot of Larry Holmes, uh, George Foreman. I, I, I watch a lot of old boxers. Those are my two favorite boxers right there. Just Larry Holmes and uh, George Foreman. I mean, Muhammad Ali, but you can't really take much away from Muhammad Ali. You can't. Nobody's gonna move like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Muhammad Ali's a role model. Um, yeah, those three. I'm um, pretty in tune with. Okay. I love it. Well, Derek Overstreet, really appreciate you coming on the show today. Before we wrap things up, are there, I don't know, you, you've always got a nice collection of sponsors. Uh, are there any sponsors you want to mention or any, I don't know, coaches or anything you want to give a shout out to? Anything you want to mention before we start to wrap the episode up? I got you. Um, Thrax THC, they've been real good to me in every way. They send me a lot of stuff to, and it keeps me running pretty well. What is that again? Um, what, what's the name of the company? Thrax THC. Flax, T- Flax, Flax THC, based out of West Thrax, Virginia. Like, no, Thrax, like spelled like Anthrax. Oh, okay, Thrax, gotcha. Um, Bet City Vintage, um, Coach Gam, he's a music producer up here. I got some weird ass sponsors, but uh, Little Fox Bakery. They've been uh, they've been with stuff. you for a while. Sorry to interrupt. Little Fox Bakery, that's the um, the Bowling Green Bakery. The little Asian lady owns it. I think right. She's been with you for a long time. Is that right? Uh, two little white women. It's a mom and a daughter. Oh, okay. They, um, I'm sorry. I thought I saw yeah, they an were Asian. my first. They were my first uh, first sponsors I had. I got I put a damn cupcake logo on my ass and fights. It's a but Alexander Elite Fitness brand. Alexander man, he's been he's changed my whole career. Um, he's a pro bodybuilder. He got he does my dieting and he throws money when just for randomly. I tried to tell him not to. He just does it anyway. Um. Yeah, Brandon Alexander, he's been fucking a major thing in my career, especially recently. He changed my diet, and I'm walking around at the lowest body weight I've ever walked around. At, man. I'm walking around 205 now. It's a weird time. Um, fuel Nutrition, they do my meal prepping stuff right around camps and that. Yeah, again, Volatile Skate Shop, they'll Portugal. Um, 
Portugal and West. Portugal is in the, he's a drummer in my band. So, like, yeah, he's one of my best family friends, great dude. Uh, really appreciate them sponsoring me. Solid Gold Gallery, he does all my tattoos. Justin has been solid through everything, including um, all the protest stuff and everything. Then uh, Tattoo Heartland, I just got them recently. And they, Ben came out, Ben Butts came out of the way. He just saw me randomly, walked up and told me, hey, if you ever need anything sponsor-wise, I appreciate what you're doing. I want to help you out. And that meant a lot to me. So I had this fight, and it fell through, and he still sponsored me. Um, I think he's going to do it for the long run. So, yeah, appreciate all my sponsors. That stuff means the world to me. If I forgot anybody, please don't want my ass. Um, and I appreciate you anyway. But other than that, man, no, I, I appreciate you having me on. And thank you to everybody that supports me. I'm going to try to keep this stuff rolling. I love it. Well, Derek Overstreet, thanks for coming on. It's been a, 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 a pleasure to follow your MMA journey, and I look forward to doing so you know, in the future as you continue to rack up those wins. Derek, thank you very much. Have a great rest of your day. You too. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to The Kelly Patrick Show. Of course, we will have another episode out soon.